Welcome into the Burgers Smokehouse PowerMizzou.com dance class after a 68-65 Missouri win over Alabama in a showdown of the top two teams in the SEC standings coming into today. And as it turns out, the top two teams in the SEC standings coming out of today. Before we get too far into this one, want to point out the logo in the upper right-hand corner, Burger Smokehouse. You can find them online at smokehouse.com. You can follow them on Twitter at Smokehouse Meats. Uh, they provide us the ability to do this show after every game, provide you guys an outlet to talk about this team. Sorry if there was an echo there. I've got that fixed. But uh, Burger Smokehouse... Always good. Always, uh, I've actually got some bacon I'm going to use for dinner tonight. And um, anywhere that you do your grocery shopping in the state of Missouri, you can pick their products up and have a good meal. So once again, smokehouse.com, check them out. Um, look, I'm not going to tell you how to feel about that game. I, I don't think there's a wrong way to feel about that game because I don't know how I feel about that game. I understand if if your viewpoint is... They beat a top 10 team and they did it without Javon Pickett and they did it despite not playing very well for the last 10 minutes of the game. That's great. That's all valid. If your viewpoint is, oh my God, what happened in the last six minutes of the game and that scares me about what's going to happen in any game the rest of the year with this team, that's also valid. I, I don't think either one of those points of view are wrong. Um I think for 27 minutes, Missouri looked absolutely every bit of a top 10 team. They did anything they wanted to. Drew Smith was dynamic. Jeremiah Tillman was was taking up space. Mitchell Smith was coming up big at the right time. Kobe Brown was pitching in. They They looked great for 27 minutes. And then they led by 20 points with six minutes left. And it was almost as if you just said, okay, Missouri has made every good play it's allowed to make. And Alabama has made every bad play it's allowed to make. And it just completely flipped. Alabama finished that game on a 21-4 to run. Missouri made one good play in the final 6-15, I thought. And that was Mitchell Smith's block shot with 4.1 seconds to go. And look, I'm just going to be honest. I thought Drew Smith committed a foul before Mitchell Smith made the block. I didn't think Missouri's defense was very good on the last three on the last three pointer by Alabama that had a chance to tie the game. Thought they should have guarded the inbounds. I thought the the first pass came in too easily, and I thought Drew Smith could have been called for another foul. Um, that, that's, but they won the game, sixty eight sixty five over a team that nobody else in the SEC had beaten. Alabama's closest game before this in the SEC was four points. They had only two closer than ten, and their average margin of victory was sixteen point three. So. I'm not going to come on here and be overly negative for the next hour. But I just, I, I don't know how I feel about it. That was, I, I need more time than the 20 minutes I've had to process that game. And so I'm going to give myself about 10 more minutes to process it. Because what we're going to do, like we do every week here, or every game day here, we're going to play you Conzo Martin's post-game press conference. It lasts about 10, 12 minutes. You can listen to Coach. We asked him, I think, about all the relevant things, and and he gave his answers. You can listen to Coach Martin. We'll come back. We'll talk about it. We'll take your calls. We'll do all that. We'll break it down. Once again, Missouri 68, Alabama 65, and here's Conzo Martin. Uh, 
thought it was a great performance, even even the last whatever three plus minutes of the game. Uh, I told our guys I'm real proud of them, uh, and I know it's a long season, but but oftentimes you have to celebrate these type of moments because they don't come often. We have a program that beat three top ten teams in in the country. That says a lot about your program. It says a lot about your personnel, your staff, your players, the organization, and the time, the commitment, all those things, man. So you, you, you can't overlook the fact that hard-fought game against uh, a great, great team program, uh, a team, no doubt in my mind, if healthy, they have every shot to win it all because uh, they can score it, they can handle it, they can drive the ball, they can shoot it, have skill, experience, great coaching. Again, I'm really happy for our guys, man. It's a great win. Okay, we'll go to questions. Natalie Jones, first up. Hey, Coach, you know, you kind of said what I was going to say here, you know, three wins over top ten teams. You said it says a lot about your program, but to you, what does it say? Oh, man, just say, you know, for, for me, again, this is hard. You know, coaching is hard, and, I, and I'm grateful. So I, I mean hard from the standpoint of making sure everybody's all on the same page, making sure there's one common goal. Making sure that we, we have you know accountability in the right way. We have uh, we're able to tell the truth to each other in a respectful manner. We, we to have gratitude to be appreciative of what we have. You know, have compassion for your teammates when things aren't going well. Because you got guys that work extremely hard and they don't play. So have compassion and respect for that. And you got to have a love for your teammates, not just your players, but the staff. Because the staff put a lot of time into this, watching film, uh, uh, numerous amounts of hours to get to this point. So it just. For me, it's just a part of my job. This is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, but it's not the only thing for me, not just winning games. I want to make sure and see our young men through that they, they, they can have successful lives, successful careers on and off the court. And, and that's not easy because everybody doesn't play. Uh, so just, again, grateful, happy for our guys. But for me, it's just it's the next day, and I'll, I'll do everything in my power to try to celebrate today and not watch any film outside of what's on TV and, and relax. And then I'll go to my daughter's volleyball game in Kansas City tomorrow. And then we go from there. Colin O'Brien. Conzo, what happened on offense there down the last six minutes? Just so like you're selling for jump shots and not getting to the rim so much? Well, that was easy. I think that was easy. Uh, I don't think Jeremiah was as assertive in posting uh, because of the doubles and all those things. And like I told him, I said, man, just that goes with the territory. When you're an elite level, low post guy that physical, they're not going to allow you to beat them. They, they're going to make other people beat it. So he has to stay aggressive, stay assertive, take the double team, whatever happens, find open guys. And I thought what happened, he settled in being aggressive in posting because of that. And I thought our guys settled because they looked at the score instead of finishing the game on the floor. And you, you can't, excuse me, you can't do that with this, this level of team with the way they drive the ball and make plays. And, and, that's, and that just showed you that. But again, on the flip side, tremendous execution defensively down the stretch in those last several possessions. Ben Fredrickson. Hey, Zoe, congrats. Uh, curious about the, the game plan, because it would have been maybe thought of that you guys would try to slow this down and maybe try to compete with their three-point shooting, but you guys played your best when you were doing the opposite of that. Um, was that your plan going in, and how did you decide to attack them in that way? No question. We never had any doubt in our mind to make it a slow-paced game. That's not who we are anymore. We want to speed this game. We want to play basketball. Uh, part of it, I, I think me slowing the guys down just a little bit because I thought we got excited in some areas instead of keeping our foot on the pedal. I thought we got excited, not aggressive. Then they turned the heat up, and then we became passive. So, so I, I have more to, to blame for that than the players. Uh, so I got to be better in that area. But 
No, we, we had no intentions of walking the ball up the court. We wanted to make this a fast-paced game and be aggressive and be physical. Follow up if I could. What about that, uh, just the, the block by Mitchell Smith? Your thoughts on that play? Well, I think the, the, the impressive thing about that play, the guys were sound. They were locked and loaded. They were keen on their assignment. I thought Drew did a great job of jumping to force the, the subtle shot fake. And then Mitch came behind and made a play. So Drew did a great job of jumping straight up. So he had to go against that. And then once he shot faked enough, Mitch made a play on it. But, but more importantly, even, even that, X, X did a good job of being around the ball. We had five guys around the ball. Uh, and, and that's not an easy thing to do with a team that shoots the ball as well as they shoot it. Eric Blum. Conzo, a follow-up on Mitch. Uh, obviously, that was a big moment for him. But just can you explain what exactly he means to your team and just what could this moment do for his confidence moving forward? Well, I'm hopeful that a man, you know, as a senior in the program doesn't lose confidence, you know, because I'm not the type of guy to try to take your confidence. And he knows what he brings to our team. But uh, the Mitch in the last two games, that's, that's the Mitch we're accustomed to seeing. And like I said to you guys before, Mitch is like a, that, that American Express card. You can't leave home without it. You know, now, he hadn't been that lady, so my, my, my balance was overdue, you know. But, but the last couple of games, he, he's been that American Express card. He's, been a, he's done a great job. That's the old Mitch we used to seeing. Mason? Hey, Coach. So it looked like the, the team was really getting into the passing lane with collecting or intercepting balls. Was that a focus that you wanted to instill, especially with Alabama being as good as they are at perimeter shooting? Well, again, you're talking about, again, in my opinion, they're not a good team, they're a great team. But I think we're a really good team. So now we, we, we were not going to play a passive game where we sit back and allow those guys to move. You allow them to move the ball around, drew a penetrate, then they would have had 85 points on you. You can't allow that to happen. You got to be assertive. You got to be aggressive. You got to get in the ball and force those guys to make one-on-one -on -one plays the whole night. And you'll give up something because that's what you do when you're playing as talented teams. You have to give up something. But the goal is not allow that ball just to swing around it, and they're just throwing darts at the rim. Joel? Hey, Coach, uh, that meltdown was kind of similar to what happened down there at Mississippi State earlier in the year. Did you ever get that feeling at one point? And what growth does it show that uh, this time you guys were able to close it out? Um, again, just the maturity of a team to stay locked in. I, what, what makes me proud more than anything, obviously those are huge free throws by X, but I wasn't shocked at all with the free throws X shot. But I think what makes me proud to get those stops, those last couple possessions to get the real – Settle down, buckle down, and get stops, and we did that. So that, that speaks volumes about our guys, the growth of our guys. And, and they believe. They, they believe. Again, it's tough. You're playing against a good team. But just th those two stops were impressive. Mitchell Forty. Conzo, speaking of getting stops, uh, Alabama shot 11 of 23 on layups. I guess just throughout the game, what did you all did so well to, to keep them from finishing at the rim? Well, we just talk about put your chest on the ball. Put your chest on the ball. Don't swipe down and jump high. Jump high because, again, I think they're great at when they dribble, penetrate, you help, they find guys for three. If that's the case, you got to chest to chest, make that drive hard, show your hands, jump high, make them guys go over the top of you all night long. And I thought our guys did not an average job but an exceptional job of doing that. And that's not an easy thing to do when you have guys that can make plays off the dribble and shoot the ball. That's a hard thing to defend. Dave Matter. Conzo, I know you don't get consumed with who's scoring the points, but a week ago, Tillman and, and X combined for almost 70 points, and today there's just not as major factors. 
again, does that just kind of point to the balance of this team? You, you never quite know who it is that's going to step up and, and be that guy for you? I think so. Without question, they, they could really care less who scores the ball, who does that. Just, I mean, it's basketball. We, we take advantage of situations. We're we in attack mode. We're aggressive. It's good to see Mark Smith aggressive out there looking at the rim. He's one for eight from three, but he was aggressive, uh, and you need that. It was um, it was a game where Javon couldn't go, so you're talking about a, 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 a toughness guy that you don't have in a game like this. Uh, that's not easy. And the guy, next guy just stepped up. Gabe? Conzo, what was the defensive approach on the last Alabama shot? Did you consider fouling and, and then – Talk about not not guarding the. Uh, the we were up three. No, not at all. We didn't consider fouling. We, we, we were going to sit down and play defense and make it tough. Everything over the top. And, we, and there's certain things we talk about where what we what we're giving up. We give up a layup and, and take our chance of taking the ball out with two seconds left. But we're not giving up clean threes. No. So what's he? I guess what was working so well in the paint for you guys on the offense? It seemed like you guys are getting good looks. Even when maybe Jeremiah wasn't, you know, getting as many touches. Driving the ball, just being aggressive, driving the ball, uh, playing off instincts, and, and and again, you once you turn the corner of Jeremiah's in the game, uh, it's very hard for them to step up and help with most teams because they know he's a low post scorer and he's a great rebounder. So now, our guys, we talk about all the time, focus on your target when you turn the corner at the rim because in most cases. If you're looking at the glass and trying to make the shot of dunking the basketball, you have a great shot at getting it because most teams are not going to leave Jeremiah to help off because they know we throw the live pass and all that. So our guys, just, we spend a lot of time on turning the corner, finishing at the rim. Jack Sobel. Conzo, you know, Mark Smith uh, exited the game uh, for a sub in the first half, and he got a standing ovation from the crowd. Uh, what did you, you touched on this a bit. What did, what did you see from him in the first half, and how can you get that out of him going forward? I, th I think you can get it out. I, I think – Again, he, he's at, in my opinion, he's at, even though he's one for eight, I thought he played a good game. He had five steals. I thought he was aggressive. When he was struggling, uh, I don't think he was defending at the level. And I thought he did a great job defending today. So I don't think he was defending at the level. And I thought he was consumed with his shot, not falling. Not that I want shots and need shots, but his shot wasn't falling. I think that that took precedent over all the other stuff that made him a good basketball player. And I thought today you saw it on defense, driving the ball, you know, shooting his three, getting steals, being physical. That's the Mark Smith we know. We've got time for a couple more. We're going to go Joe Wall Jesper. Uh, Conzo, in some of the, the later timeouts as he was slipping away, what messages were you giving in those timeouts? You know, it's uh, maintain your composure. Oftentimes, it's whatever taking place at that current time. Rig yourself back in. And this, this is one of those deals, uh, you know, you play a lot of different teams, but this is one of those teams where they have five guys on the floor that are weapons can dribble, pass it, shoot it. And then the one that probably doesn't shoot a lot, Herb Jones, is probably the best at making plays for other guys. And it makes it very hard because we had Mitch on him down the stretch. That was one of the main reasons why we took Tillman out. We just felt like that matchup wouldn't work because uh, Mitch can defend that. And that's not easy. And it, no, just, just really uh, whatever it is, composure. But I thought that guys got a little tight um, and just, you know, uh, instead of finishing the game. And, and I thought we settled when we missed shots. I thought we hung around the rim a little bit instead of sprinting back on defense like we did in the first half. And all of a sudden, they got their heads up, different ball game. We're going to go last two questions for Coach Mitchell. Anzo, I know uh, the other day you, you kind of joked that uh, your team had been lucky in, in that it just kept finding ways to win close games. But do you feel like you know there's something to the fact that, that their confidence builds, that they can win in those situations the more it happens? 
I don't think they've ever gone into a game thinking that they might lose the game. I don't think that's ever the case. It just every game presents something differently. Next game, some old Miss, I hadn't seen a lot of them, but I know they want through one play zone. So everybody present, they play extremely hard. So everything, everybody presents something differently. So we've never gone into the game thinking that is just, you know, playing the way we play, understanding this is how we win basketball games. And, it, and the great thing about our team, it doesn't matter who gets the shots. So now, however you think you defend, okay, we're going to stop Jeremiah. Well, other guys are making plays. You allow Jeremiah to go one-on-one, then you're talking 20, 30 points a night. So just we have, to, we have to defend, rebound, play hard all the time. And then offense, we have to share the ball. We do those things. We give ourselves a chance against anybody. Last one for Coach, for Colin. You mentioned the steals a little bit. Just, do you feel like you caught Alabama off guard with the defensive intensity and those 11 steals tonight? No, I mean, Alabama, that's a great program. We're in the same league. They, they know we're just as good a defensive team as they are. So I don't think that's the case at all. All right, so there is Conzo Martin after a 68-65 Alabama win. And, and look, he took – I opened this talking for five minutes about – you know, I, I can't tell you how to feel about that game, right? Obviously, Conto is going to take the optimistic approach, as well he should. He's he's the coach. Uh, he's he's building up his guys. You don't They just beat a top-10 team. You don't want to harp on the negative too much. So, um, you know, fully understand all his answers to those uh, to those questions. Fully understand some people that, that might be a little bit more on the pessimistic side after that game. Just open up the Skype line. So if you want to call us, there's the phone number there, 573-234-4935. Feel free to call. The, the phone calls always take precedence over everything else. We certainly... Um, you know, we'll talk, we'll give you some stats, we'll go through the chat, uh, the, the messages, all that. But if we get a phone call, we're always going to jump to that first. We, uh, a, the other thing, if you call, and, and I'm not shouting out your area code right away, I'm on the phone with somebody else, just hang on until we get to you. Every now and then, sometimes we try to merge calls and it doesn't always work. So if you call and you can't get through, just call back. We'll be here until you guys are done talking about this and uh, – and we've covered everything that you guys want to cover. I mean, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, that's the benefit of an early game. We can go a little longer if we need to. And we are going to start on the phones with the 417 area code. Who's on the phone? It's Mark. So How you doing, Mark? I, uh, I'm doing good. I've got a, a research project for you here. Okay. I, I, I don't think – I called uh, last time to complain about Ken Palm and how low we were rated. Mm-hmm. And you went on to say it talks about, you know, statistics of possessions and all that. Can you go back and find the last Missouri team that's that's led wire to wire as much as this team has? And it's like if you're playing golf, Gabe, and you're the leader on Thursday, how many people finish that tournament leading on Sunday? Right. And it's hard to withstand those things. And that's one of the things we're not getting credit for. Yeah. When you got, I think, for the last five games, it's like wire to wire winning it. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's somehow not being acknowledged. And so that's point one. And then point two, give Conzo credit for benching Tillman to bring in Mitchell Smith to play the pick and roll. Everybody yeah. knows, you know, you're taking theoretically what ESPN would say is our best player, and you sat him out to have Mitchell Smith. So that's it. Yeah, I think I think point one and is – hang a, up. Okay, thanks, Mark. Appreciate the call. And I, I think Mark's first point is a great point. Um this is about the fourth time in five games that Missouri's led for like 37 minutes. Um, and, and they've done that a number of times this season. So you play differently. I mean, that Kentucky game, it wasn't dominant necessarily. 
You won by five, right? But they were always ahead, all game, three to nine points, kind of in that ballpark. And you play differently with a five-point lead than you would in a tie game or in a five-point deficit, right? Because they can't score six on one possession. So you do play it differently. And today, look, you play differently up 20 with six minutes to go than you would play up three with six minutes to go. You just do. It's human nature. And so that leads to a little bit of that score getting closer. And I agree with Mark. Um, Missouri isn't getting enough credit in some of those systems because they keep winning games. And that is the ultimate goal. And they deserve more credit for that. Um, you know, I, I think that I, I read that, that Mizzou went up to number 29 on Ken Palm. They were number 30 on the net or 30 two in the net I think coming in I think they'll go up um and Adam brings up a good point I understand the luck stat but there's something also to be said for winning close games if we don't build a 22 point lead that game isn't close in the end it, absolutely right I mean to get a to blow a 22 point lead you have to get a 22 point lead and that it, it goes back to I don't know how to feel like you can't discount the fact that Missouri had the 22 point lead. You also can't discount the fact that Missouri blew 21 of the 22 points, right? I, it's a, it's a really hard game to, to analyze and to think about because I don't think there's any wrong way to do it other than, you know, if you're saying, well, that might as well have been a loss, but no, but it wasn't, it was a win. Um, you know, I mean, they scored more points than the other team. That is the goal. As long as you end the game with more points than the other team, you at least have a semi-positive, right? Now, I understand being a little upset about certain things, but overall, it's still a net positive. 815 area code, who's on the phone? What's up, Gabe? It's Ron. Hey, Ron. How you doing, man? What's going on? Doing all right. Happy uh, I had a little bit of a chance to take a deep breath and uh, decompress after that game before calling into your show. Yeah. Um, wow, that... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought they were going to lose, and uh, frankly, oh, yeah. the zoo should thank their lucky stars. They were lucky with it, not only just a capital L, but a capital L-U-C-K-Y to not get that foul call at the end um, and kind of start escape off that uh, Alabama comeback. I mean, was, which uh, foul call? Because I thought Drew Smith might have committed two in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> Uh, the one, the one that led to Mitchell's Mitchell okay. block, uh, okay. which was a thing of beauty. But yeah. like, let's let's be clear, like that dude got fouled. Yeah, um, I thought Drew Smith fouled him they, before they Mitchell got there. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they didn't call it. And you know what? Um, they they put themselves in position to uh, you know win that game based on the first half dominance and and uh, you know the start of the second half uh, building that lead up to what it was. Uh, you know, I was as that run was happening, I was I was getting ready to call into your show, like talking about. Um, you know, I I was in college during the, the Kim Anderson experience, and right. I've seen um, I've seen that team go the other way, where it's like they're the ones who are disinterested. They're getting the they're getting blown out by a good team, and they were giving Alabama everything that they oh, yeah. um, that they wanted. Um, and I I, I I didn't I wasn't gonna say that Alabama quit, but like it looked like they were interested in being anywhere else other than. Yes, they looked uninterested for a lot of the game. Now, part yeah. of that is, you know, a credit to Missouri. Missouri probably took some of their will, but I, that's what mm -hmm. I've never – what you can never understand about sports is how all of a sudden did, did Alabama just say, okay, let's go. Let's, let's start doing this, right? Because you know if you're Nate Oates, you're right. going, guys, you just destroyed them for six and a half minutes 
all you could have won that game if you would have played even nine minutes. What happened? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, so there's always two sides to it. Um, but yeah, I agree. Right. Alabama just didn't look particularly like it had a lot of energy in the first 30 minutes. Right. And it, 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 it almost was like both Mizzou and Alabama both flipped the switch at the same time where Mizzou mm-hmm. was just like going to coast a little bit. Alabama was going to play really hard. And I think that's why, you know, we got to the end result that we did. Uh, but I, I think to, uh, to a theme that, um, you know, you've been harping on for the last, uh, for pretty much throughout the season and in particular these close games, like, you 100% do not apologize for winning a game like that. Um, you know, it's still a, a top 10 team. They were unbeaten in the SEC, and Missouri was the first one to do it. And when it gets to Selection Sunday or whatever that looks like this year, um, you know, the committee doesn't go back and say, well, I mean, they did blow, like, that 20-point that lead, but they still won. No, they, at the end of the day, they won, and that's really all that matters, I guess. I, yeah, I, I mean, look, they – they're the only team to do this. Alabama was beating everybody by 16.3 points. Only two games were within double digits. So they played Alabama better than anybody else played Alabama, right? A, a lot of teams have played yeah. Alabama, and those last six minutes have been the whole game. I mean, Arkansas was down 30 to them in the first half. LSU got beat by 30. So I, I it's just really hard to assess. Like, I completely and, – and here's what it does for me. It, it gives you hope that Missouri can be really good the rest of the season. But you know what it also does? Mm-hmm. Every time Missouri's up 20 the rest of the season, it's in the back of your head mm-hmm. that can happen. And that's a tough place to be. Right. Yeah, and just one, one more closing thought before I'll hop off. Um, you know, just the way that they've won these games, like they, they, maybe they're not like a great team, but they are great at winning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've pretty much led wire to wire these last couple of games. Uh, they're, they're doing it, you know, from – you know, maybe so-so performances or maybe in lackluster performances from Tillman and, and Pinson. Um, you know, Drew Smith was a star last game, and I think, I guess he was a star this game. But, yeah, um, yeah they're, they're coming from behind. They're winning wire to wire. They're they're just good at winning. And, yep. you know, that's a good place to be at uh, when you're a Missouri fan. So, thanks, Dan Gabe. I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. Look, 100% agree. I mean, winning is a skill. Um you know, at some point, winning all these close games cannot be a happy accident. You're not just lucky every game. Now, I think Missouri was a little bit lucky today in in some regards. Um, you know, I, I mean, in that first half, every single ball was bouncing Missouri's way. I mean, Alabama was catching balls, accidentally stepping on the inline, and Missouri was saving balls in, and balls were bouncing off the backboard to Missouri players. And Yes, some of it is hustle and make your own luck, but sometimes you are lucky. So you can admit it's a combination of both, but you're not just lucky every game, right? I mean, it at some point it ceases to be luck and starts to be a little bit about what you're doing to cause that luck. We're going to the 314 area code. Who's there? Hey, it's Jake. What's up, Jake? How you doing? Doing well. Hey, I just had a couple comments. I wanted to get your insight on this. Mm-hmm. You see on the board all the time about, you know, there are some people out there that are pessimistic about Conzo. I get that. But is that due to a lot of their expectations going into his tenure when he comes out and gets a top 10, top five recruiting class, gets the Porters, and then gets them to an NCAA tournament bid without Michael Porter Jr., and then the true rebuild starts and rebuilds don't really show until about year three, year four, yeah. where he has a top top 20, top 15 team. 
And I just wanted to get your take on if he really deserves all the blowback he he gets. Well, I, I think there's a few things at play here. First of all, I think we tend to focus more on negative comments. Like, positive people who are happy don't tell you they're happy, right? So the people that are happy don't very often post on a message board or call into a show or tweet, wow, really happy with how everything's going. These are these outlets are magnets for negativity. Um, so we have to understand that to begin with. You don't call the restaurant to say, hey, I'm really happy you gave me everything I ordered and I got home and it tasted good. But you do call them if you got home and the tomato wasn't on it and they didn't give you your fries, right? So, so that's part of it. Um, also, this is a really hard tenure to assess because it's been probably – Overall, a little bit disappointing, but you have all the injuries that have gone into it. And also, you have to take into account where this program was when he took it over. And I think part of the biggest problem here is you have a bunch of people who are around my age, who who have this idea of what Missouri basketball can be and has frequently been in the past, but it hasn't been that for a long time. And so that that group of people wants Missouri basketball to be that right now, to be immediately, you know, top four in this league, consistent basis, NCAA tournament, three out of four years, all those things. Well, from the place he took over, that probably wasn't realistic. Um, so I think it's all those things combined with the fact that the truth of the matter is if you look at Conzo's history as a coach, this is about the ceiling. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't exceed that ceiling here. But I think a lot of the people who are negative, a, a lot of times we, we judge a hire the day it's made, right? Like, I didn't like it then, and here's why exactly, I didn't like it, yeah. and I'm never going to change my mind. And, and we do we all do it. Well, I think a big thing on Conza coming into was you know what you're getting. He's going to be a slow-paced offense. He's going to be a grinded on defense. And I've always been skeptical about, well, he's got to change. And this year, he's let them change. Yes. He's got them out in transition. He's got them playing at a faster pace. And that tells me that he is able to evolve a little bit more as a coach than some may think. Yes, this is his but best. This is the best coaching job he's ever done, in my opinion. I agree. I agree as well. I followed him, you know, throughout his tenure so like that, Tennessee and Cal. Mm. Uh, you know, he underperformed with a big team at Cal. That's going to happen in a tournament. You can't judge a whole year based off one game right. in a tournament. Right. But as you were talking about earlier, expectations for like guys your age, I'm a couple years out of college, so I've never, you know, the first teams I can remember would be, uh, you know, Paulding and Arthur, jo Arthur Johnson. So right. that's kind of it, where I'm at, where, and that's where recruits are at too. Right. And you look at the last 20 years, use an average. To maybe a little above average basketball program. Oh, I'd say average to below average. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've, you know, there you, have you been some at, highs, they've but they've never sustained it. Yes, they've made tournament runs. They've had, you know, a two elite eight runs with mm -hmm. Pauling and then with Demario Carroll, and then you've had some flops in the NCAA tournament. But yep. like, Conzo's not exactly doing anything that nobody else did. You know, he's right. doing the same stuff that Mizzou's programs kind of had expectations. Yeah, and, and, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes going forward. And we've talked about this on this show before. A lot of the reason people are down is because they already have decided that next year is bad. And I just say, like, 
look, you have a good team for the first time in eight years, and they're exciting to watch, so let's worry about next year, next year. I hit that point probably uh, after they beat Tennessee in Knoxville and said next year is, is what it is. We're, we're going to worry about that later. Um, but, no, you bring up a lot of good points, Jake, and guess what? Some people have their minds made up, and you're never going to change them, man. Nobody's ever won a fight on the Internet. Absolutely. And you don't even know what next year's roster looks like officially. Correct. You go land a couple of transfers and you're right back in the mix. Correct. You know, if Pinson comes back, it, you're, who knows? A long way to go. No question, man. All, All right, right Jake, appreciate it, man. Got a couple other people on the line, so we're going to let you go. We're going to go to the 573 area code. Uh, who do we have? The 573 area code has hung up on a 636 area code. You there? Yeah, it's Brandon. Hey, Brandon, how you doing? What's going on? Yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Mark Smith's game today. I just hopped on, so I might have missed it if you talked about it earlier. But I wanted to get your thoughts on Mark Smith. I know we kind of dog him recently for, you know, taking a lot of threes and being kind of more one-dimensional. But I really thought today showed a lot of good defense, especially in the first half. So I'm just yeah. curious what your thoughts were on his performance today. I thought it was phenomenal in the first half on both ends of the floor, really. Um, a Drew Smith was probably better in the first half, but Mark was the second best player. Um, took some shots in the second half that in retrospect, you wish he hadn't taken, but only because like they didn't go in. I mean, he, he never took what I thought was a terrible shot. It was open. It was in rhythm. It just didn't go in. Now, some people will say, but you can't take that three with a, you know, a seven point lead with 18 on the shot clock or whatever. And I understand that. However, what's the argument we always hear when teams are blowing big leads? Well, they're they're playing not to lose rather than playing to win, right? And and what they mean is you're dribbling for 26 seconds and then taking a bad shot. Well, Missouri was actually doing the exact opposite of that. They were playing to win with those shots. They just didn't go in. So in retrospect, they look like bad shots. Um, overall, I thought Mark was was a net positive today. He played well on a day Missouri needed him because Javon Pickett couldn't go. And I think it just kind of reinforces. It's almost like with this team, the guy that everybody hates the next time out is going to make the big play, right? Like Mitchell Smith was just destroyed. After last game, it was basically, okay, we like everything about Mitchell or uh, everything about this game, but Mitchell Smith can't ever shoot. And if he keeps shooting, he he can't play. And I understand he wasn't shooting today, but he saved the game. He made the game-winning play today. So uh, if we're mad at, I don't know, if I was going to pick somebody to be mad at in this game, it would probably be Drew Smith. So I assume he'll come out with 34 points and 10 rebounds in the next game. <laughs> all right thanks Gabe. appreciate it all right brandon thanks for the call man thanks for uh for being part of the show and uh i think that does free up the phone line for anybody that wants to call in there's the number 573-234-4935 well we've got just a second want to uh once again point out burger smokehouse they sponsor this show for us every single time out uh go to smokehouse.com they are a family owned and operated business out of california missouri that has uh, huge displays of their products. I mean, pulled pork, brisket, bacon, ribs, uh, snack sticks, all kinds of stuff at, at pretty much every grocery store in the state of Missouri. It, you have to try very hard to miss that display. So please check out uh, Burgers and, and appreciate everything they do for us. And while we have a minute, while uh, while the phone lines are currently empty we'll we'll jump to some of your all's comments uh i know you guys have been active in the chat certainly appreciate that i think you were going before i even got here because this game ended up going a little bit longer but uh nolan's asking where this ranks on most exciting seasons ever for mizzou um 
I'm be honest, right now it's not very high for me. And there's there's a few reasons for that. One, I'm not going to as many games. Two, it's kind of disjointed. Like not everybody's playing the same number of games. There weren't there wasn't a real non-conference season, all that. Um and I'll get back to a little bit more of that in a minute. 573 area code. Uh, who's on the phone? Hi, this is Morgan. What's up, Morgan? How you doing? Uh, good. I was going to say, um, it's the last few possessions of the game there. Usually in those situations, we uh, it's usually Pinson's the go-to guy, but it looked like he didn't have any confidence at all today. There was plenty of times where he would just dribble, 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 and you'd think he's about to drive and he'd just pass. Yeah. Do you think that's something concerning going forward, or do you think it was just a bad game and he didn't have confidence today? Yeah. Uh, look, I'll never question Xavier Pinson's confidence. Uh, it, I, that doesn't – I mean, I was laughing with somebody last week. He he went 8 for 13 in that game, right, whoever it was against, uh, uh, TCU. And, like, listening to his quotes after the game, you would have thought he shoots 8 for 13 every game. Right. I mean, so, no, I'm not concerned about that long term. I, I I, couldn't even say, like, I couldn't say who was a go-to guy for Missouri because in the last six minutes, it, it I don't really even know that they ran an offense. Like, they, it just was hang on and hope not to give up points too quickly on the other end. Uh, so, no, I'm not, I'm not too worried um, about Pinson. I, I don't think it's, it's something to be concerned about long term. Yeah, it just looked weird that, like, it, it, usually he's the guy, like I said, that he's the guy that mm-hmm. takes those last-second shots and he drives, and they look like they kept wanting him to, and he just kept passing it to Drew, and Drew's not really – Drew Smith's not really that kind of player. Yeah, yeah, seconds. and I think that was part of the problem. They just didn't have anybody willing to kind of be that guy today maybe, right? And and maybe yeah, that I led agree. to – Conzo talked about Tillman not being aggressive enough late too, so could have led to some of that down the stretch for sure. I agree. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for uh, enjoy your show. All right. Thanks a lot, Morgan. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you watching and, and being a part of it. I know. Hey, we had a we had a seven six zero area code. We had a caller from that area code. Uh, some tried to add the call and it and it didn't quite work. So please feel free to call back. We've got an opening right now and and we'll get to you if if you get back. Uh, but again, on on where this ranks as far as exciting seasons. For some of the reasons I mentioned, it's not quite up there and yet, um, and we don't know where it's going to end, right? Uh, we don't know how far there is to go. Now we've got the 760 area code. My fault there the first time. Who am I talking to? Yeah, uh, this is Tommy. I'm out here in San Diego. Um, i got to keep it brief. i got three things, though. My okay. first time ever calling by this and every time. Um, so, first of all, wasn't there a game last year that Mitchell Smith also had some, like, Big time play at the end. Uh, I feel like there was a block where he could test the shot and steal the game. I think you're thinking um, of Reed Nico against Georgia. It was a very similar ending. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You are. See, that's why. That's why you get paid the big bucks, game. Uh, th- there you go. Uh, hey. Tell somebody to pay me the big bucks. Hey, hey, I, I, I subscribe. So All right. I'm with you, bro. Um, I, I got four kids, seven and under, at home right now, so I can't really uh, look anything up. So that's why I, I need you for my info. Um, uh. Number two, I guess, in the optimistic side, I kind of feel like this game will make us stronger uh, in March, and I want to hear a little thoughts on that. And third, before I hang up, is go Chiefs. 
All right. All right. The, the third part is the first part. I appreciate that, Tommy. Absolutely. Oh, oh ab- hey, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, Tommy. Appreciate you being part of it. Um, Look, yeah, the the optimistic side, you say, yeah, this, this could benefit Missouri down the stretch, right? They've been here. They've done this, and they've done this a lot. I mean, there have been a lot of close games. So if Missouri gets in an NCAA tournament game that's a one-possession game in the last five minutes, like, they're not going to panic. That It's no guarantee they're going to win. They might not win. But they're not going to panic. They've been here before. They've, they've done this all year. So, um, yeah, it, it could absolutely uh, serve as a benefit. I mean, I, I think we all remember a couple years ago, Missouri Blue, you know, it, the LSU game was kind of the cherry on top. It was like a 13-point game in a minute and a half or something like that. But they blew four or five leads in the last three minutes two years ago. And then last year they got a little better at it. And now this year all of a sudden – they're the exact opposite. I mean, I think they're now 6-0 and in games decided by five points or less. Um, you know, so there's a growth factor there. These guys are all seniors and juniors. They've all been here before. You don't worry about the panic. I, I didn't think anything today was necessarily about panicking. They just all of a sudden couldn't really do anything right. Um, like I said, you know, I saw a few people say, well, they're playing not to lose. Well, no, taking three point shots with 15 seconds left on the shot clock is actually the exact opposite of playing not to lose. That's like throwing a pass on second and two instead of running the football and keeping the clock running. Right. Um, so it wasn't playing not to lose. It wasn't panicking. I thought the defense actually fell apart a little bit more than the offense until they absolutely had to have it. And then it showed up in the form of Mitchell Smith late. So, um, you know. Um, they, again, they deserve credit for that. Um, it, no, it shouldn't have been that close, but once it was that close, they deserve credit for finishing it off. Uh, Dave Buck saying too much of a roller coaster. Drew and Mark disappeared in the second half. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about Mark Smith, but the, the scariest part, the most concerning part about that second half to me was Drew Smith. I mean, guys, as good as he was in the first half, that was a dreadful second half that Drew Smith played. And we'll talk about that a little more in a minute after we go to the 573 area code. Who am I talking to? Uh, Gabe, this is Mike. What's after up, Mike? How you doing? You, fine. Called you last game after the Kentucky game. Uh, yep. We were discussing uh, Mr. Sambody and Kobe Brown. Yep, yep. You kind of see another game like that today with Kobe, kind of a Sambody-esque game. Kobe played really well today. Yeah, I mean, uh, hit a couple of jump shots, had, I think, nine, 13 points and nine rebounds. He was really – the first half was more about Drew and Mark Smith. That The first 12 minutes of the second half where they kind of extended that lead, I, Kobe Brown was the best player on the team at that point. Um, played really well there uh, for, for that kind of 10, 15-minute stretch. That's what I was thinking. I'll get off here and let – your thoughts you don't need mine thank you <laughs> all right thanks a lot mike appreciate the call and yeah kobe that's a good point by mike uh because kobe brown has kind of slipped through the cracks but he did he he was in the second half again drew and mark smith were were kind of the reasons in the first half right that missouri jumped out to the big lead but then you knew you kind of expected there was going to be a run from alabama early in the second half and a big reason there wasn't was because of kobe brown and the way he played but again getting back uh to what we were talking about before mike called in and, and mike and everybody who has called in so far appreciate that and and anybody else that wants to call in please uh please feel free to do so uh numbers up on the screen there uh, but we're talking about Drew Smith, and, and the the worrisome part to me is 
that's your fifth-year senior. That's your best player. And, look, he's been really good a lot of times. But, man, that second half was rough. I mean, on both ends of the floor and turnovers and just I, just the poise wasn't there. Um, he had one where he tried to dribble through a trap on the full-court press. Had another one where he threw a, a, a really bad pass. And, um, you know, again – I'm not trying to pick on a guy because Drew Smith has, has been really good for Missouri a lot of times. Uh, but I did not think that today was one of his better games. We're going back to uh, the 314 area code. Who am I talking with? Hey, Gabe. This is Elias. What's up? How you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Hanging in, man. Hanging in. Just uh, still kind of trying to process that. <laughs> you and me both. I got one comment and then one question for you that I'd really love, really love to hear your thoughts on. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, the comments. One thing that I've really just loved about really the last you know three, four years is seeing the guys who came into this program when it was just in an abyss mm-hmm. and seeing them contributing. Seeing Mitchell Smith, who came on Kim's last year, fought through an ACL injury, and now is playing with you know a lot of confidence last couple of games, makes play of the day today like it's just so nice to see that happen to guys who stuck with the program yep. and see them succeed um, and then my question for you is about free throw shooting so I guess I feel like there's been a few games lately I think about the Auburn game I thought against Kentucky you know Missouri shot under 70 percent from free throws and again today there were some big misses you know overall the team was 9 of 14 64 percent from the free throw line Drew Smith missed a couple Kobe Brown missed one, and then, you know, Mark Smith missed. He only missed one, but I think right. it was, uh, you know, it was the front end of the one-and-one one at the end that, uh, you know, could have put Mizzou up three and instead gave Alabama one more chance down by one. I mean, I'm curious because I feel like last year, Mizzou shot free throws so well. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, curious to see that kind of not holding up for some games this year. I'm curious, is that something that, you know, you think is a concern going forward for this team, or is this more just – Sometimes you miss free throws and, yeah, you know, no, it's still good. Taking them. I definitely think it could be a concern, and you're right. I mean, and this is the perfect game to point it out because last year uh, Alabama was the opponent when Missouri set the NCAA record and made all 31 in one game, and they were a very good free throw shooting team last year. Now this year, I, I and I'll have to look at the numbers, and I'll probably do that for Monday morning. I, I would bet they actually score more points from the line this year than they did last year because they get there so much. Like, they lead the SEC in free throw attempts. And a lot of the misses do come from Tillman going from, like, a 65% shooter to a 50% shooter. But that wasn't the case today. And today wasn't – this is the third or fourth time this year where Missouri has gone to the line just going, okay, just make one to close it out. And it hasn't happened. Uh, Kobe Brown did it in the last game. Uh, they they had another instance where it happened, and they ended up getting an offensive rebound, so it didn't matter. But both, like you said, they, they went to the line twice today with the chance to close it out. And Kobe Brown missed the front end of a one-on-one, and, one, and then Mark Smith missed one of two. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's worth monitoring, right? It's maybe not a reason to panic. Sometimes it happens and this team could come out and go 27 of 28 in the next game and we could kind of forget about it, but it's definitely worth monitoring. I think those crunch time kind of ice the game free throws have been an issue at times this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully it, right. hopefully it doesn't bite them, you know. <laughs> What's that? Exactly. Yeah, I was just say thanks for your thoughts. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite them in the end and uh yeah, appreciate you giving your insights and answering the call. All right, sounds good. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you uh, appreciate
appreciate you joining us. And now we're going to go to the 719 area code. Who are we talking with? Seven one nine area code, you there? Yeah. Who am I talking to? Bill. What's up, Bill? How you doing, man? What's on your mind? I'm doing pretty, pretty good. Uh, my uh, my main issue or bone with the with the game tonight is not guarding the inbounds pass at the end of the game. Yep. I'm old enough. I can remember Norm had that in a couple games and didn't do it. I just never understand that with a few seconds left. It just allows the other team to get a good shot. Yeah, I, t I totally agree with you, Bill. I said I, I, I actually texted some of my friends before, uh, before Alabama even inbounded. I said, I'd foul here. You're up three with 4.1 seconds left. The way they shoot three is foul. But if you're not going to foul, yeah. I didn't understand not guarding the inbound pass because – and then if you're not going to guard the inbound pass – you should be able to prevent them from completing a 65-foot baseball pass to the top of the key, right? But it was like Missouri yeah. just watched the guy catch it. I mean, it was – I thought Missouri defended that last play, honestly, really badly. I thought they did almost everything wrong and got lucky that the shot missed. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, I go all the way back to – some of the big games and, and Norm not doing that. And uh, especially when they got somebody like uh, Mitchell Smith or even uh, Braun that uh, you put some length in there and somebody that can jump and just, just to not, not have the sight line be good. Don't like like what about the clear view? What about Jordan Wilmore? He's seven, three on the bench over there. Just go yeah, have him yeah, stand in I, front I, of the dude. I, 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 I kind of like it to have a little bit of quickness in the yeah. guy. But yeah. it just, I mean, they could, if anybody they would put there, if they're just active and moving their hands, it's just got to make that a tougher pass in. So Totally I mean, agree. It, and if, I asked Conzo that exact question, but I asked it as part of a, as, as the second part of a two-part question. And, uh, yeah. He he chose to ignore that part of it, so I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know if why he didn't guard the inbounds there. Yeah, and I know as a fan, it's easy to be, uh, you know, think you're smarter than coach on some things, but that that just never made sense to me because I can remember some some big games in the past and uh, uh, any game when I see him not do it. I mean, the whole point is to make it tough on the guy to get it thrown in and. That extra person out there just never seems to be of a right. benefit uh, compared to having somebody on the on the uh, guy who's inbound on the ball. So yep. that's just my my thoughts. And uh, that, other than being such a long-term fan and and uh, knowing that I couldn't relax during the second half, I just knew yep. I just couldn't relax. Yeah. So. Well, I appreciate the call, Bill. Thanks a lot, man, and thanks for watching. All right. Thanks for your show. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. Uh, so, look, I, I totally agree with Bill. And I said I, I thought Missouri mishandled almost every part of that last defensive possession. I would have fouled. I would have guarded the inbounder. Once I didn't guard the inbounder, I would have not allowed such an easy completion on the baseball pass. It worked out. They missed the shot. It worked out. I did ask Conzo about it. He didn't really seem particularly interested in talking about – I mean, he said they never considered fouling. They just weren't going to give up any easy threes. Um, 
you know, and, and like I said, he, he, I don't know whether he just kind of didn't hear or didn't want to talk about why he didn't guard the inbounds. I, either way is possible. I mean, he answers questions usually. I don't think he's dodging it, and I, it's fine. I, I get yes, two questions at once. A lot of times you don't get one answered. Um, and, hey, I'm not saying I'm, I know more about basketball than Conzo Martin, but that possession, I, I did not think Missouri uh, handled it well, but it worked. Uh, they won, got a little lucky, but sometimes you need a little luck. Right. So um, let's see if we are going to continue to roll through um, some of these comments. And and you guys have been busy, I know, talking, uh, talking with each other. Uh, T-Rise was asking if Kentucky or Bama led. Uh, Kentucky never led. Missouri led for 39 minutes and seven seconds of that game. It was tied at three. Um, Alabama did lead in this game early. But Missouri led for the last 37-25 um, of this game. Uh, so, you know, Bama got it to 66-65. That was the only time they they, they were close. Uh, so they Missouri led total, I I believe the total lead time was 37-25. Uh, but hang on, I, I'm sorry, 37-07. Missouri led for 37 minutes and 7 seconds. Alabama led for a minute 33. So, obviously, you know, overall, start to finish, Missouri was the better team. It was just for those six minutes, Alabama was so much better that it it really closed the gap and, and evened things out. But, hey, Missouri won the game, right? Um, and you, you don't apologize. You never apologize for winning the game. Um, Missouri is in second place in the SEC standings. Alabama obviously still in first. Alabama is 10 and 1 and what this does is it keeps some level of hope alive for Missouri to win the SEC. Now, I'm going to be honest. It's not very likely. And the reason it's not very likely is because of Alabama's schedule the rest of the way. Um and and let me go to that. Um, so Alabama's 10-1. and one, Missouri is 6-3. and three. Everybody else has already lost four games. So no matter what else happens, LSU doesn't play today. Florida doesn't play today. Um, I think Arkansas doesn't play today. So they're all going to remain 6-4. and four. Tennessee plays Kentucky. Tennessee comes in 5-4. and four. Kentucky's 4-5. and five. Um, But here is Alabama's schedule after today. So they have... At South Carolina should be a win. Versus Georgia should be a win. At A&M should be a win. Versus Vanderbilt should be a win. Then they finish with at Arkansas, at Mississippi State, and home against Auburn. Alabama's going to be favored in every one of those games except maybe at Arkansas. So they're going to be picked to finish 16-2 and in this league. If they do that, nothing Missouri can do can close that gap because Missouri's already lost three. But let's say even that they lose two more and end up with three losses. And I think losing more than two more is is unrealistic. Now, Missouri has a nice little stretch coming up at Ole Miss, home against Arkansas, at Georgia, at South Carolina, home against Ole Miss, and home against A&M. Like, you could see 6-0 and in that stretch. If that were the case, then you're at Florida in a game you have to win at the end of the year to go to 13-3 and in the SEC. And now that's when we get into that LSU game and that Vanderbilt game that Missouri didn't get to play that are hanging out there. There is a scenario in which Missouri finishes 13-3, and Alabama finishes 15-3, and Alabama has a better winning percentage and gets the one seed, even though Missouri beat them and has the same number of losses because Missouri 
lost games to COVID. I, I mean, that's a lot of things would have to happen for it to get there, but the scenario does exist where those games could really cost Missouri. Um, I, again, I don't think they're getting there. I, today, as I said this on the pregame show, today was more about protecting yourself from the group of LSU, Arkansas, Florida, and Tennessee catching you than it was about catching Bama. Catching Bama is not real, not very realistic. You're better off, those teams I just mentioned, Missouri, Arkansas, LSU, Florida, and Tennessee. Two of them are not going to finish in the top four. Two of them are going to miss that first round bye. So the key for Missouri is to be one of the three that gets the first round bye. And today was a big step toward that because one of the tiebreakers eventually in the SEC will be how did you fare against, and it goes just in order of finish, the first place team, the second place team, the third place team, all that. So this this is a win that helps Missouri in that regard, um, certainly. So let's see throw up a couple more of your comments and and once again anybody that wants to call in can call in um we've generally been going an hour hour 15 on this show we're right at uh just right under an hour now so but it's an early game if you guys want to go a little longer we can if there are calls if not you know we'll we'll probably uh get everything up on the the website all that and start super bowl pregame but tucker says i think we've earned top 10 status now yeah um Missouri's 18th. They beat Kentucky and Alabama this week. They could be in the top 10. I'd have to look at what else happened this week. We're going to uh, the 636 area code. Who are we talking with? Hey, Gabe. This is Brandon again. I called a little earlier. Yeah, what's uh, going on? Wanted to also, yeah, I wanted to also ask. I saw some uh, threads on the message board about this. Wanted to get your thoughts on Conzo Martin in terms of SEC Coach of the Year. I know obviously him and you know, Nate Oates are yeah. right at the top there you know teams in the conference i know you know alabama was picked higher preseason yeah. than the zoo was in the conference i think they were picked fifth and tenth respectively but i just wanted to get your thoughts on uh kind of that coach of the year race and how that might shape up the rest of the year after this game yeah i, I think it's clearly one of those two um it depends a little bit on what happens i mean i'd have a really hard time especially after they were five and four in the non-con if Alabama goes 16 and two in the league, I've got a really hard time not giving it to Nate Oates. Um, you know, uh, now, like you said, they were thought to be a little bit better. And Coach of the Year tends to to end up being an award who overachieved of what we thought. Whether that's how it should be or not, that's what it always ends up being. So Conzo is going to probably overachieve by more um, than than Oates does. Uh, I but I think. I think Missouri's got to finish with no more than like three or four losses in the league for Conzo to have a shot. If if they're second and they're a game or two behind Alabama, he could win it still. Uh, but they can't be any further behind than that. And and I don't really see anybody else who could win it. I mean, it, you can't give it to Will Wade. You know, you can't give it to Rick Barnes at this point. Uh, you know, Mike White. I mean, his team's dealing with a lot, but I, I don't think – you know, they were they were preseason thought to be better than this, and I understand the circumstances, but it's Conzo or Oates. I'd lean Oates today, but but Conzo could do enough to get it. Gotcha. And, and just a, a follow-up to that, I guess, do you, uh, do you see any way that they don't uh, throw out an extension for Martin after this year? I mean, I know he's got a few years left, but, I mean, obviously in college sports, you know, yeah. seasons like this, it's really hard to see them not trying to, 
you know, Rio though for a few more years on the end there. Yeah, I get. I think he's got two years left after that. Could be three years. Um, I, I'll have to go back and look because at one point, I, I think he originally signed a six-year deal, and then he automatically got a one-year extension after he made the tournament in the first year. Okay. So I think he's technically got three years left. I probably wouldn't, honestly. I would probably want to see what next year looked like a little bit, you know, and just just make sure this is sustainable. Um, now, look, if he's making demands, I mean, I don't think Conzo's a, a guy that does that a lot, but if he comes and wants an extension, yeah, you talk about it. But if it's just up to me, I'm probably waiting to see what next year looks like before I go beyond three years would be 2025. Um, I, I probably wouldn't do that quite yet. Gotcha. Cool. Thanks, Gabe. Appreciate it. Yep. Appreciate the call, Brandon. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, appreciate all you guys who have called. Uh, certainly been a part of the show. Everybody who's been busy over in the chat section. And we've tried to get to some of that. And uh, and we will do that. Uh, let's see. I am, I am kind of starting to roll through this. Uh, I want to be clear, Kevin. It was not my dog that uh, appeared on the show. That was on a caller's end. So uh, my dog was not in this room, and and that was not my dog. Uh, he rarely barks. Also, um, let's see. Too much. Ryan Owen says too much to enjoy to worry about next year. I I completely agree with that. Um, Totally agree there. Let's see. Uh, Jeffrey brings up a good point. Mitchell Smith made the, the last field goal they made in the game. He did with 6-13 left. He also made the block. Uh, Mitchell Smith was was big in this game. Ed's asking the ceiling and the floor for this team. I mean, look, they can, they can make a Final Four. I mean, they've you know, their last three games have been TCU, Kentucky, Alabama. That's the type of competition you'll face in like a, you know, in three straight NCAA tournament games and then throw in a, you know, a Monmouth or whatever you're going to play in round one. Um, so they can make a final four. Um, the floor is losing in the first round. I mean, they're going to make the tournament. We know that at this point. I see – I mean, they could, they can't exactly lose out, but they're not going to lose out. A couple more wins, and, and they're locked in. Um, but they could lose in round one. And I've said, here's the goal to me is to win the first round tournament game, uh, because as of Selection Sunday, somebody counted for me the other day. It will have been four thousand thirteen days since Missouri won an NCAA tournament game. The first goal is just get that monkey off your back. Win the first tournament game in 11 years. Then, hey, if you make the second weekend, if you move on, that's phenomenal. You should be happy with that. But I'm not going to be super upset as long as they win one. I think that's the goal. We're going to the 618 area code. Who am I talking to? Hey, Gabe, it's Brendan. What's up, Brendan? How are you, man? Not too bad, not too bad. Hey, just wanted to bring up a point that I think you actually brought up on Twitter um, the idea that this team has kind of a strength in numbers quality, um, you get 69 points from X and Tillman mm -hmm. a week ago, and then probably not a whole lot from them today, but then you get other contributors, whether it was Kobe or Mitch yep. or, or Mark or Drew. Like I think 
the best part of this team is the idea that if a couple guys aren't producing, that there's other people on the team that take over. And I think yeah. just kind of what your thoughts on that, is it really, like, like you said, they find ways to win regardless of whether they blow leads, whatever it is. I think there's an idea of it doesn't matter who steps up, but someone yeah. always takes over the game, and it doesn't always have to be the same person each time. Right. But I'll and hang up and listen. Appreciate the call, Brennan. Thanks a lot. And Conzo talked about that, actually said one of the strengths of this team is they all like each other, and they don't care who, who scores the points or who makes the big play, right? I guarantee those those guys are all really happy for Mitchell Smith and, and the play he made today. Um, so, yeah, it it doesn't have to be the same guy. Like, there are a lot of teams where – Hey, you're turning the same guy every game, and th and that can work too. Um, but it also can work this way, where one day it's Drew Smith, and the next day it's Pinson, and the next day it's Tillman, and the next day it's Kobe Brown, and then it's Drew Smith again, and then it's Mitchell Smith. You know, that's okay too. That's worked for this team. Um, and they keep finding ways, and they keep getting contributions from different guys, which tells me they're bought in. They all know their roles. They're all playing their roles. Um, you know, so. That, those things are all positive for this team. Um, and, you know, I, I think this show has, has made me think, the last hour has made me think more. I came into this thinking the bigger story was the last six minutes and 15 seconds, and now I think the bigger story was the first 34 minutes and how they got there because that's more indicative of, of the team they've been this season and the season that they've had, I think. So, um, you know, certainly I think that, that – Missouri deserves a lot of credit. I think Hanzo Martin deserves a lot of credit. Um, it was – look, this is just what this team is, right? They're cardiac. I mean, in the last seven days, they've now won a game. They trailed by 12 with four minutes left and almost lost a game they led by 22 with six minutes left. But the only commonality in those games is that they won them both. Um, and in the end – that's what you're here. You play to win the games, right? That's what Herm told me way back when. So uh, Missouri did that, did it again. Um, they are now, what, 13-3. and three. They're 6-3 and three in the league. And they've got six straight games, guys, that they're going to be favored in all six. At Ole Miss, home against Arkansas, at Georgia, at South Carolina, home against Ole Miss, home against A&M. They're going to be favored to win all six of those games if they do that they're going to be sitting 19 and 3 and 12 and 3 in the sec that's two seed territory um maybe three seed maybe i'm not saying they get there necessarily but that's what i, I mean i'm just going to run through the ken pomp predictions real quick at Ole Miss, pick to win by two 55 percent chance home against arkansas pick to win by two 56 percent chance at Georgia, pick to win by five, 67% chance. At South Carolina, pick to win by two, 60% chance. Home against Old Miss, pick to win by six, 70% chance. Home against AM, pick to win by 11, 85% chance. So, like, they're not gimmies, but they're going to be picked to win their next six games. If they do that, they are 19 and three. And there's not a lot to nitpick about 19 and three. So, uh, exciting win. Good win, you know, probably signature win, honestly, of this season. I, I think you can argue this is the best team Missouri's beaten this year. Um, 
all good things, right? So they play against Wins- uh, against Ole Miss Wednesday night. We will do the 573 report this week on Tuesday. We will pregame Ole Miss on Wednesday. We will do absolutely nothing tomorrow other than watch TV. Um, going to have about nine hours of pregame, I think, and then – I heard there's a sporting event on tomorrow, so I'm going to watch that. But I um, want to thank all you guys for taking part in the show and appreciate all the comments. I'm sorry we didn't get to a ton of them. We had a lot of phone calls. That's that's kind of the way it goes sometimes. But uh, definitely appreciate you guys being part of the show, both in the chat and on the phone line. Appreciate Burger Smokehouse for uh, being our sponsor and our partners throughout football and basketball season. Once again, you can go to smokehouse.com or any local grocer and find their stuff. Please do that. Please, before you leave, do two things. Hit the like button on the show. Hit the subscribe button to the channel. You'll always be able to find out when we go live. Mitchell Forty is working on plenty of content for the site. I'm about to put up Conzo's video and write some wrap-up thoughts for our message board, so you can check that out. Thanks for being part of the show, and we'll talk to you again soon.